From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I'm your host, Mike De Niro. Before we get into today's Super Stack Show, I want to thank all my fans from all over the world. Thank you for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. If you don't already, follow us on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow us on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. And follow us on Twitch at The Wrestling DeLorean. Speaking of Twitch, we're going to talk all about that and what went down last night on Twitch. My apologies. We've had to make some changes. But we'll get into that during the show. We have a super stack show for you, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to be talking all about this past Monday's Monday Night Raw, AEW Dynamite, including the very big announcement by Tony Khan. And we're going to be going back in time and talking about ECW Hardcore TV from January 31st, 1998. So, yes, this is a hashtag super stack show. Thank you so much. Thank you for choosing the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Thank you for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Let's end the week off right. Let's start this Superstack show right now. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for allowing me into your morning routine like you do every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Now... First and foremost, before I get into the sponsors, before I get into anything, I want to apologize to my my Twitch fans for what happened on Wednesday's AEW Watch Along. Basically, I got a little overzealous. I, I, I decided that I wanted to give more to you guys. I wanted to add more to the viewing experience. So I kind of stemmed away from the original concept of the podcast or of the Twitch stream. And I did a watch party and put a stream of AEW Dynamite on Twitch. That was a no-no. I thought I'd get a warning before I get kicked off. But my Twitch stream was deleted. But... Have no fear. Now, I know it's asking a lot for you guys to now go and follow my new Twitch stream. But I have a new Twitch stream instead of The Wrestling DeLorean Pod. It's just The Wrestling DeLorean. Check out The Wrestling DeLorean on Twitch. We'll be having our regular streams every Wednesday and Friday. I promise I'm not going to 
do what I did and put a live stream of the show so we could have a watch party. I will just do a watch along and give you my live reactions for anybody who joined us and was confused to why it abruptly ended. I truly apologize from the bottom of my heart. I never wanted that to happen. My intentions was to give more to the fans and not have the whole shit shut down, but we're not going to be done with Twitch. We have a new Twitch account. We already have new videos up on Twitch. I had my interview with Vince Russo and my interview with Nick Gage on Twitch. So check that out now. Follow the Wrestling DeLorean on Twitch. Just write that, the Wrestling DeLorean. We're going to have new Twitch streams, like I said, every Wednesday and Friday. I apologize to anybody who was confused to what happened yesterday during the AEW Dynamite uh, watch along. But like I said, got a little overzealous. I apologize. We're going to go back to what we were doing and just have fun with it so ladies and gentlemen that was what happened um now on to other news more positive news more good news the the, the wrestling delorean podcast has merchandise coming out the wrestling delorean podcast has partnered up with my homies at three falls brand so if you want to support the wrestling delorean podcast all you gotta do is cop a shirt Coming soon to threefallsbrand.com. And if you don't know what Three Falls Brand is, boy, you are missing out. It is some of the best wrestling slash rock merchandise today. But I'm going to let my homie Mean Gene, the founder of Three Falls Brand, let y'all know what Three Falls Brand is all about. Hey, listeners. This is Mean Gene of Three Falls Brand. Are you a fan of wrestling? Are you also a fan of rock music? If so... Check out threefallsbrand.com for all your WrestlePunk merch. We've got tons of wrestler and band mashup designs to choose from, whether it be RVD and Black Sabbath, Atsushi Onita and the Lower Class Brats, Doink the Clown and the Addicts, or Mortis and the Misfits. We've got you covered. Also, follow us on Instagram at threefallsbrand. Again, check us out at threefallsbrand.com and on Instagram at threefallsbrand. Thanks, and continue enjoying this episode of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're about to get into this past Monday's Monday Night Raw. My thoughts on the show. I talked about it a little bit before we got canceled on Twitter or on Twitch, I should say. I talked about my thoughts on Monday Night Raw. There's there's a lot that's been going on, and I feel like right now is a fun time to be a fan of professional wrestling because right now the WWE is doing great. AEW is doing great. New Japan is doing great. There's a lot of good shit going on right now. It's not just one company that's really dominating the wrestling scene right now. Everybody's doing their thing. So I, I actually really enjoy what the WWE's got going on. And it's it's adding to the perfect synergy of wrestling right now. Anyway, Monday Night Raw was good. It was highlighted by a couple key things that I'm going to get into right now. Number one being Austin Theory winning the United States Champion from Finn Balor. Now... Whether you wanted Finn Balor to continue on as champion or not, I think that Austin Theory needed to win that title. It's a shame because I feel like Finn Balor is being, you know, miss... I don't know. I don't want to say mistreated, but 
definitely you, you could tell that Finn Balor is not on the priority list right now. But someone who is, is, is Austin Theory. And Austin Theory is a hell of a talent. He's very talented. And I feel like he needed that to take it to the next level. I needed, He needed to be a champion in the WWE, especially being this man's boy right now. And, you know, he, he, he won the title. He, he won the United States champion. And it was a big deal. All the heels came out. They celebrated with him. Vince McMahon came out. They really made this a big moment. And I feel like it's really solidifying that Vince McMahon sees something special in Austin Theory. I definitely think that in about two, three years' time, Austin Theory very well could be the WWE champion. He very well could be a top main eventer in the business. He has all the makings right now. He has the look. He has the talent. He has the charisma. Austin Theory is a special talent that I don't think people are really recognizing right now, but I feel like they will very, very soon. Definitely before the next five years is up, I think Austin Theory is a top guy in the WWE. That's my opinion. Take it to the bank. Speaking about banks, we got to get into the women's tag team title match between Sasha Banks and Naomi versus Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley. Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley put up a good fight. They put up a good challenge. But in the end, Sasha Banks and Naomi is still your WWE Tag Team Women's Champion. And the real story comes after what took place on this matchup. The real story was Rhea Ripley was pissed off with Liv Morgan. And we all saw the heel turn coming for a couple weeks now. But Rhea Ripley turned heel. She attacked her now former partner, Liv Morgan, left her laying with a huge riptide, and now Rhea Ripley is a heel. It's going to be interesting to see. I know there's a lot of um, rumors that she's going to be joining Edge's crew, the little the new ministry. I'll get into that in a little bit, but the new ministry of darkness, I feel like they got a ministry of darkness vibe. People are saying, oh, they're a copy off of the House of Black. Bro, I feel like... They have more of a Ministry of Darkness vibe, especially Edge, who came from the Ministry of Darkness. But I'm going to talk about that in a bit. Let's get to Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley is a heel, and I think it's something that needed to be done because Rhea Ripley has been a talent that's kind of lost in the shuffle. Rhea Ripley is a top star. Rhea Ripley is a female competitor that should not be lost in the shuffle. They just did her dirty because they didn't know what to do with her. Now it seems like they might know what to do with her because the heel turn was long overdue. Here is a female with so much edge, no pun intended, so much brute strength and just her her mannerisms. It just screams heel. It screams heel. Like I was talking about, about the Battle of the Belts earlier on Monday's episode. I was saying how Sammy Guevara screams heel, so I don't really like feel... This whole title reign where he's trying to push this babyface character. That's the way I felt about Rhea Ripley for like the last three years. She is a heel. She is a heel. This whole babyface that they're trying to push with her. Tag teams with Nikki A.S.H. Trying to go up against Charlotte. Cutting a promo about Connor's cure. That's not her. That's not her style. Look at her. She's a fucking heel. So I think that this is perfectly and right down her alley now. If this elevates Liv Morgan, cool. But this is not about Liv Morgan right now. I feel like Liv Morgan was just another random tag team to throw Rhea Ripley in. So I think that it was cool that that was short-lived. And now Rhea Ripley has more of a direction now as a heel. 
But that's if they give her a direction. If the rumors are true and she joins Edge's clique, then I think she definitely will have a direction. Especially if she has Edge in her corner. A fucking WWE Hall of Famer. But it's all going to be depending on what the WWE decides to do. Right now, speaking of Edge, let me get into that a little bit. We've we seen AJ Styles confront Edge and Damian Priest in their locker room, and then the lights go out, and Edge destroys uh, AJ Styles. This is a dark character for Edge. This is a dark gimmick for this tag team between Edge and Damian Priest. And I mentioned before that it's giving me Ministry of Darkness vibes. Edge is an original member of the Ministry of Darkness. Edge was in the brood. The brood was in the ministry. So Edge is channeling something that we haven't seen him channel since 1999. And I think that is pretty dope. I feel like I feel like this is something that the WWE needs. You know what I mean? I feel like the absence of the Undertaker-type gimmick, the absence of a character that suspends your disbelief has been gone and I, I I think that something that the WWE was known for was their over the top but larger than life characters and it hasn't really felt that way for a while. Like you just have your upper echelon at the top, the Roman Reigns, the Brock Lesnar, but that's really it. So adding more gimmicky stuff but making it cool like what Edge is doing I think that that's dope, and it's going to elevate whoever Edge is with. I said this last week. Edge is a Hall of Famer, so anybody he surrounds himself with, these are going to be the men and women who are elevated by Edge. Edge does not have to be the top guy of this uh, faction, but Edge has to be the mouthpiece because Edge is going to be a guy that could put his stamp of approval on a Rhea Ripley, on a Damian Priest. By the end of this whole saga of whatever we want to see, no matter how long it lasts, you're going to have a Damian Priest at the top, a Rhea Ripley at the top because of this faction right now with Edge. So mark my words. I definitely think that this is going to elevate a lot of people and it's going to make people top stars. I think that that's what the WWE right now is doing. They're grooming new guys to be top stars. I just said it with Austin Theory. I think it's going on with Damian Priest. I mean, look, they're, they're, they're setting themselves up to have a future. They're setting themselves up to have a next up type mentality. Because WWE hasn't had that next up mentality for years. There was a time where John Cena was injured and they didn't know what to do and the show sucked. Roman Reigns went to SmackDown and Raw felt lacking of stars for a long time. There was no next up mentality. We, we needed Vince McMahon to come out like he did in the Ruthless Aggression era and fucking say, I need someone to step up and be my guy. And I feel like for too long on Raw, we haven't really had that. So I think that now with guys like Austin Theory, Austin Theory, Damian Priest, these guys stepping up to be the next top guys, it's, it's, it's good to see. It's good to see that WWE is working on something towards the future. But we shall see. Let's talk more about the now. The top guys, right? The top guys, the faces of the company. I was talking about that. Right now, you cannot deny the fact that the WWE is making the face of Raw 
Cody Rhodes. You watch a Raw ad, a commercial for a Raw on USA, you're seeing Cody front and center. You see advertisements, posters for WWE coming to your town. You see Cody Rhodes front and center. Cody Rhodes is doing Raw and SmackDown dark matches. Cody Rhodes is on the live events. Cody Rhodes is the only guy right now on Raw that looks like a million dollar star. And it's surprising because a lot of people didn't think that WWE was going to give Cody Rhodes that love. But you cannot deny the fact that Cody right now is that guy. And I think that it's definitely building up for something special for Cody. Can it be building up for Cody to take the title from Roman Reigns? I don't know. But it's definitely building up for Cody to be a top guy in the WWE. I personally was not surprised at all by this. A lot of people were like, oh, I'm surprised that Cody could go to AEW, start a whole rivalry with the WWE, come back and be a top guy. It doesn't make sense for the WWE to bury Cody Rhodes because then if I'm an AEW wrestler and my contract is coming up, I'm going to look at what WWE did with Cody and be like, whoa, they just buried Cody Rhodes. Why would I go over there? Where on the flip side now, Cody Rhodes is making a hella lot of money. Cody Rhodes is being portrayed as a top guy. Still got his AEW theme song. Still got his AEW gimmick. So now if I'm an AEW guy, for example, if I'm an MJF, if I'm a Sammy Guevara, I look at the whole situation with Cody right now in the WWE and say, hey, they, they, they're they treating Cody like a king. And he came from AEW. Shit, no one was more AEW than Cody. And he's getting treated well. Maybe I hear what the WWE has to say before I'm quick to sign to AEW. Maybe I see if there's more of an opportunity in the WWE. You know, I think it's interesting because Matt Cardona said in an interview this past weekend that any wrestler would be lying if they said that they didn't want to have a WrestleMania moment. Any wrestler would be lying if they say that they they yeah, that they don't want to be in the WWE. He was he said this while he was asked if he would return to the WWE. And he said that of course he would definitely hear what they have to say. If I'm a AEW guy, the only thing that was stopping me was will I be buried if I go to the WWE for being a part of AEW? WWE is showing with what they're doing with Cody Rhodes right now. That won't be the case. So I think that now it's going to lead to a very interesting time. I think now is where wrestlers are going to be making a whole lot more money because now guys will be willing to go back to the WWE. will be willing to jump ship to the WWE like Cody did. And maybe guys in the WWE aren't going to be so quick to want to lose their spot in the WWE and go jump to AEW. But then you look at what AEW is doing and how good their show is, how actually how great their show is, the type of partnerships that they're teaming up with with the New Japan announcement that they made this past Wednesday. And maybe they do want to go. Because as the WWE is treating Cody Rhodes like a king, AEW is treating their whole roster like an army of revolutionaries taking over the business right now. 
I'm going to talk all about AEW and all the shit that went down when we come back from this commercial break because a lot went down. It was a historic night. It was a great episode. And we're going to be talking all about that when we come back from this commercial break. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The man, the king, the god of this shit, Nick fucking Gates. And you know how I start this off. Shout out to all my MDK gang members around the world. Shout out to all my boys locked up in the cells. Easter flock. Shout out to my hate club. Rest in peace, Big Nate Hatred. And rest in peace, my brother Justice Payne. And I'm sending this video to my motherfucking boy, my gang member, Mike De Niro. And Mike, I want to start this off by saying thank you, man, 
for repping the MDK gang the right way. I want to say thank you. Like I tell the rest of the people, and I keep telling them and telling them, Mike, if it wasn't for you or the rest of the gang, me, Nick Gage, I wouldn't be here right now, Mike. And I definitely wouldn't be doing what I love. That's professional deathmatch wrestling. So I just wanted to say thank you, Mike. And I want to let all my MDK gang members know to go check out the Wrestling Delarain podcast. I was on it. It was a dope-ass podcast. We had awesome conversation. It was one of my favorite podcasts I did. And I don't do too many. And I've done some big ones. And this one was one of my favorites. So go check out the Delarane Podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. They do this shit three days a week. So from the king of this shit, from the god of deathmatch wrestling, go check out the Delarain podcast. And remember, they do it three times a week. They ain't slacking, they're on top of their game. They do it Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you know what it is. It's MDK all fucking day. And Mike, I would love to be on your podcast again, man. Welcome back to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We're about to get into AEW Dynamite from Wednesday night. Hell of a show. Amazing show in Pittsburgh. They always show out when they go to Pittsburgh. You know, we we tried to do the watch along on Twitch. I already explained all that, but... Nonetheless, when the Twitch got cut off, I continued watching the show as I tried to figure out the Twitch shit, and I was thoroughly enjoyed by AEW. Now, we're going to get into everything that went down right now, so let's cut the beat and talk about AEW Dynamite from Pittsburgh this past Wednesday. AEW started out hot and heavy like they always do. They always start out hot. They always end the show hot. AEW started out with CM Punk versus Dustin Rhodes. This was a very good matchup between two veterans of the ring. And these guys had great chemistry with each other. I believe that this is the first time that these two ever stepped in the ring with each other. This was a really good matchup. In the end, CM Punk beats Dustin Rhodes. And I think that it's clear that CM Punk is your next number one contender for the AEW title. Because Hangman Page comes out and he has a stare down with CM Punk. I think Hangman wants CM Punk as much as CM Punk wants Hangman, but that seems to be the next feud in the whole world title picture. I think that this leads to CM Punk winning the title, and if he doesn't win the title, I think that AEW, shame on you, because CM Punk is your top guy right now. No one gets a bigger reaction than CM Punk. CM Punk should be the champion. The world champion right now is not getting the reactions that CM Punk is getting. The world champion right now was not elevated by Brian Danielson. He was not elevated by Adam Cole. He was not elevated by Lance Archer. I feel like it is time to give the title to CM Punk. There is nothing wrong with putting your title on the top guy. Hell, the top guy should be the champion. There's a lot of people saying, oh, but what does that say that a former WWE guy comes in or a former uh, wrestling legend comes in and he beats the world champion? What does that say about your world champion? Fuck that. 
It don't matter what CM Punk did in the past. When CM Punk signed his name on the dotted line, CM Punk is an AEW wrestler. He should be as eligible to be the world champion as anybody else in AEW. Enough said. CM Punk, I believe, should be your next champion. And I think that CM Punk rides with that champion for a while. I believe that, you know, if I'm going to book like 10 steps ahead, I think CM Punk beats Hangman, holds that title for a while, and then CM Punk drops the title to MJF when MJF gets his revenge, his revenge on CM Punk. Now, we had a lot of good wrestling action on this show. We had a Owen Hart Foundation tournament qualifier match between Jungle Boy and Kyle O'Reilly, and that was a hell of a matchup. Kyle O'Reilly's first one-on-one matchup in AEW, a more serious tone for Kyle O'Reilly, which I feel like Red Dragon definitely needs because they've been kind of, you know, comedic relief here, and they're not comedy wrestlers. These, These two guys are legit wrestlers. So I think that it was good that we had more of a legit matchup here. Kyle O'Reilly and Jungle Boy have great, great chemistry. And Kyle O'Reilly beat Jungle Boy, and he is going to be in the Owen Hart Foundation uh, tournament. Now, I feel like the real story came after the matchup. I don't know how many people picked this up, but I'm, I'm going to you know, tell you what I thought. When Jungle Boy lost, and he looked disappointed, and Christian Cage came out, and he was eyeing Jungle Boy. He looked a little disappointed in Jungle Boy. I think that, in my opinion, I think that we're starting to plant the seeds of Christian Cage turning heel and taking out Jungle Boy. And we go down and we have a feud with Jungle Boy and Christian Cage. And Christian elevates Jungle Boy to the next level. What does that mean for Luchasaurus? It may mean that Luchasaurus gets lost in the shuffle. But... Even though Luchasaurus has talent and he has the size, I think that we all could agree that if anybody's going to be a breakout star in the Jurassic Express, it's going to be Jungle Boy. And I feel like Jungle Boy, in a feud with Christian Cage, elevates Jungle Boy more than Christian Cage being Jungle Boy's mentor. Christian Cage has been Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus' mentor for the last, what, six months? What has it really done for Jungle Boy? What has it done for Luchasaurus? Yeah, they won the tag champions, but has their reactions grown bigger? Have they became bigger stars? No. So, what do they have to do to make Jungle Boy a bigger star? Jungle Boy is one of the four pillars. Remember that. Jungle Boy is one of the four pillars of AEW. Darby Allin, MJF, Sammy Guevara, Jungle Boy. Jack Perry. I think Jack Perry feuds with Christian Cage. And Christian Cage takes him to that next level. We got the AEW Dynamite debut of Hook. I don't care what anybody says. Hook is over as fuck. Hook is a huge star right now. Fuck what anybody says. Oh, well, let's see if he's booked right or he's going to be exposed because he has these short matches. Hook right now, he's, he's, he's killing it. 
you know, later on in the show today, we're going to be talking about ECW from 1998. And on that show, I seen Taz versus Big Dick Dudley. And Taz walks into the ring, decimates Big Dick Dudley, and walks off. And here on this show, we got the son of Taz walking into the ring, totally decimating his opponent, and then walking off. I think AEW is booking this right. Because when we see Hook go to that next level, the crowd's already going wanted. The crowd is at a fever pitch. The crowd wants to see Hook succeed. Now, I know we got Danhausen. I don't know what's going on with Danhausen. I, I think Danhausen and the Hook thing is going to be a little it's a little weird, but I think that a match between Danhausen and Hook should be entertaining. Even though it's Danhausen's debut matchup if they do have a match. I think that Hook wins. I mean, shit, Hook better win. And I'm a Danhausen fan, but Hook better win. And then we eventually get, it looks like, Hook versus Tony Nese. And if we get Hook versus Tony Nese, I think, I think that that's the first time we're going to see Hook actually pushed to have a longer style matchup. Let's see what Hook could do in a matchup that is beyond him just squashing his opponent. Let's see how Hook sells. Let's see how Hook reacts when he's in deep water. Because right now he's coming in, he's got the Goldberg treatment. You know what I mean? He's got the ECW Taz treatment. Comes in, wrecks shit, and leave. But you can't do that forever. You're not going to do that against a Kenny Omega. You're not going to do that against a CM Punk. You're not going to do that against a Brian Danielson or a John Moxley or a, or a fucking Chris Jericho. So... With that being said, you're going to have to, you know, eventually get this guy to wrestle longer matches. And let's see what he could do. He may be good at it. Who knows? Because right now, it seems like everything Hook touches turns to gold. Speaking of gold, for everybody who says that the announcement that Tony Khan made on this show was a fail, I'll just tell you right now, just shut up, okay? Shut up. The announcement of AEW doing a joint show with New Japan Pro Wrestling is fucking huge. The announcement of New Japan and AEW having a joint pay-per-view where we'll have AEW versus New Japan talent is huge. I, I could already think of, you know, some dream matches I want to see. I want to see Brian Danielson versus Okada. I want to see CM Punk versus Kenta. I want to see Tanahashi versus Moxley. Yo, the list of matches that you could do is phenomenal and is going to be in the United Center where the fucking Chicago Bulls play. That's a 20,000-seat arena. We're talking about a massive, massive show here. This is a huge announcement. This is AEW not just opening up the forbidden door, but kicking that motherfucker down to the ground. And to have, you know, Jay White come out on this show. And to have Adam Cole call out Tamahiro Ishii for AEW Rampage tonight. I'm hype. I'm hype. June 23rd, Sunday. New Japan Pro Wrestling and AEW presents Forbidden Door. Make sure you check that out. Main event, we got. 
a hell of a matchup, a hell of a Wild Wild West-style brawl between Darby Allin and Andrade El Idolo in a coffin matchup. Really crazy shit. Shout out to Sting, constantly disguising himself as Sting because Sting was in the crowd with the Sting mask on, pulls off the Sting mask, and he has Sting face paint underneath. It's always funny. He did it in WCW, he did it in TNA, and now he did it here in AEW. Always thought that was hilarious that Sting did that. Always disguised himself as him. He would hide out with the Sting mask and then take off the Sting mask and the Sting underneath. Like, that, that's funny shit. But anyway, shout out to Sting doing another fucking 20-foot fucking dive. Like, why is this guy even doing this shit? You don't got to do this shit, Sting. Don't hurt yourself, man. You're already a legend, man. You don't got to be jumping off the fucking bleachers. It's crazy. Anyway, Darby Allen wins the matchup. Good ending to Dynamite. I enjoyed this episode of Dynamite. I'm going to give this episode of Dynamite a strong 4 out of 5 stars. It had great wrestling action, had the seeds planted for the future, and we had a huge announcement. So definitely a good show. I enjoyed it. I'm hyped for AEW Rampage tonight. We'll be live streaming it on Twitch. Don't worry. Don't worry. I won't get in trouble this time. Anyway, when we come back, we're going to go a little old school. We're going to be going all the way back to 1998. So strap up the DeLoreans. It's time to end the week off right. We're getting a little extreme with ECW Hardcore TV from January 31st, 1998. So stay tuned. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court and academy award nominee william h macy as supreme court justice harry blackman time is not the most important factor getting it right is listen to the podcast supreme the battle for row on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts how powerful is cox internet so powerful that one day your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, like we do every week here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast, we're going to go a little old school and we're going to end the week off right we're going a little extreme as we go all the way back to the January 31st, 1998 episode of ECW Hardcore TV. On this episode, we are on the road to living dangerously, the next pay-per-view in ECW's pay-per-view catalog. Also, we're on the road to Hostile City Takeover 1998, where it will be Bam Bam Bigelow versus the Triple Threat. 
in a handicap match. So Bam Bam Bigelow needs a partner, and on the shelf, he is looking for a partner. We're going to talk about all that and much, much more right now. So let's talk about ECW Hardcore TV, January 31st, 1998. ECW Hardcore TV from January 31st, 1998 started out with the recap of the history between Bam Bam Bigelow and Shane Douglas. Bam Bam Bigelow turning his back on the triple threat and winning the ECW World Champion from Shane Douglas. And Shane Douglas winning the title back in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania against Bam Bam Bigelow. It is very, very ironic that I just covered this week's AEW episode live from Pittsburgh. And this ECW Hardcore TV episode was live from the Manaka Golden Dobe in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And to start off the show, we had the hometown boy. It is Shane Douglas in the ring, and he is with the queen of extreme Francine. And he has an announcement to make. He says that he took some time off. He needed elbow surgery. He said he had to go get elbow surgery after he had his war with Bam Bam Bigelow at ECW November to remember the last pay-per-view. Even though he won, he was very injured after that matchup. He had to go get elbow surgery, so that's what exactly what he did. He said, but the doctor, the surgeon said, after your surgery, you're done. You need to wrap it up. You need to retire. You're done. So he says, I need to get a second of opinion. I'm not going to take the doctor's advice. So he flies out to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, his hometown. He goes to the Pittsburgh University and he talks to their surgeon. He talks to their doctors and they say, Shane, you're done. You need to retire. You're done. So he came out here in front of his hometown crowd as ECW champion with a heavy heart. After numerous opinions, after the State Athletic Commission said that he is done, Shane Douglas says he guesses he is done. He is done listening to fucking bullshit pussy doctors. He said he is done listening to pussy ass State Athletic Commissions. He is done fucking around. He says he will go down as the world champion, whether it puts him in a goddamn box. And his hometown of Pittsburgh is going wild. Shane Douglas is shouting out curses and expletives and the crowd is going wild. They're eating this shit up. And that's how we start off the show. Joey Styles then welcomes us to ECW. He says that this Saturday will be the hostile city takeover. Bam Bam Bigelow interrupts and says the rumors are that the triple threat will reunite at hostile city takeover. He needs a partner because he will not only break the franchise's arm again, but he will break the franchise himself for good and end the triple threat. He goes looking for a partner in the locker room. Al Snow is there with head and he wants to help Bam Bam Bigelow, but Bam Bam declines his help and says Al Snow spent a little too much time working for McMahon up north. And he says that you're a little sick in the head and that goes for both heads. Uh, he then busts into Taz's locker room and he tells Taz to get off his high horse. He says he wants to end the triple threat. Taz says, where the fuck have you been? I don't want to team up with anybody. I do what I want to do and who I want to do it with. 
and he walks off. We then get a recap of last week's Rob Van Dam versus Bam Bam Bigelow match where the triple threat attacked Bam Bam Bigelow. We next get the Dudley Boys coming out. It is scheduled to be Big Dick Dudley versus Adam Flash, but Taz is backstage and he knocks out Adam Flash and forces his way into the match against Paul Heyman's will. We now get Big Dick Dudley versus Taz, and Taz starts out the match with a massive suplex or a Tazplex on Big Dick Dudley. Big Dick Dudley gets up and tries to hit the chokeslam, but Taz counters it into the Taz mission for the win. One, two, three, just like his son Hook did on AEW this past week. Taz came in, he saw, he conquered, he destroyed the rest of the Dudley boys afterwards. He then gets on the mic and says that Bam Bam Bigelow, no one singles me out, boy. He says, I single you out, Bam Bam. Beat me if you can, survive if I let you. We then get a recap of Wrestlepalooza 1997 where Taz defeated Shane Douglas for the ECW television champion and has held that title ever since. The main event of the show is Paul Diamond with Chastity versus Al Snow. Al Snow takes it to Paul Diamond for a lot of this matchup. He wins, and he's on quite the winning streak. I think that it is clear that Al Snow and Head will be getting an ECW World Championship matchup very soon. We then get the Pulp Fiction promos where everybody's cutting promos. We got Rob Van Dam doing the Van Dam stretch where, you know, you, you, I'm sure you guys know the Van Dam stretch where he's doing the split and doing the bicep curls with the split wild crazy. We got Shane Douglas talking about Bam Bam Bigelow and Taz saying that at Hostile City Takeover, whether Taz is Bam Bam's partner or not, Bam Bam will be forced to retire. We got... Bill Alfonso talking about Sabu and the Sandman. Crazy, crazy shit. I love ECW, man. Usually we talk about numerous episodes of ECW, but this is quite the longer episode of the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. So I thought I'd keep it down to one episode this week for ECW. Next week we'll be going back to two. We got a lot of uh, shit to go down this week. We got great shit going down this weekend. It is Dynamite and SmackDown tonight. We'll be live on Twitch to talk all about Dynamite and SmackDown as we do a watch along. So make sure you follow on Twitch at The Wrestling DeLorean. Have a great weekend. We'll be back on Monday with the Wrestling DeLorean podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I appreciate all my Wrestling DeLorean passengers for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean. One love, everybody. Peace out. Stay positive. Have a great weekend. I love you guys. Take care. Tough in the hood, till the wolves come. Bitches let a drink in the club, till the wolves come. Surrounded by the sheep in the street, till the wolves come. Everyone strip on the floor, we the wolves done. Who can fuck with De Niro? I got a Snyder extender clip, so who wanna play hero? Go bad shit like Ozzy, I was born in the darkness. Oh, you the wolf till we pull up and you're harmless. So pray to Olive, the Don Dada, the top shotter, the top spot, final boss you cross, that's when your ride stop. Basquiat with that white chalk, trigger finger streets, while leave your brains on the sidewalk. Niggas that can tough in the hood, till the wolves come. Bitches let a drink in the club, till the wolves come. Surrounded by the sheep in the street, till the wolves come. Everyone strip on the floor, till the wolves come. Heard them got them niggas, they be moving in the pack. Think the shit is sweet, they be plotting in the back. Summertime, better be careful where you're at. No matter Addy, nigga, we gon' get you where you lack. Dipping, creeping through the night is precise. Catch a nigga slipping for his ice, worth your life. 
Answer yes, well did nigga pay your price Right or wrong, when you see the moon, it's on sight South Bronx, midnight, niggas moving packs cause they hunting I'm moving packs of that onion, but probably packing up something Catch him slipping with them coals and he ain't telling us nothing Catch a nigga fooling twice and then I'm pressing that button Send his ass away, permanent vacate and start bluffing Must have moved to Honolulu, changed his name to McLovin Said you know what you know, that's for the pack to remember And if a nigga leaking these, we gotta Niggas say the dead don't talk, but that money do If I put a hole in his melon, I bet his honey do Shorty keep crying and screaming like that's helping you Bullets gave his brain a period for that decimal I Niggas acting tough in the hood To the wolves come Bitches love to drink in the club To the wolves come Surrounded by the sheep in the street To the wolves come Everyone strip on the floor To the wolves come Heard them got them niggas, they be moving in the packs Think the shit is sweet, they be plotting in the back Summertime, better be careful where you're at No matter Addy, nigga, we gon' get you where you lack Dipping, creeping through the night, it's precise Catch a nigga slipping for his ice, worth your life Answer yes, well, did nigga pay your price Right or wrong, when you see the moon, it's on sight This episode is brought to you by Shopify No matter how big you want to grow Shopify gives you everything you need to take your business to the next level. Shopify is the commerce platform that makes it easy to show up and sell exactly the way you want to. No need to code or design. Sign up for your $1 per month trial period today. Visit shopify.com slash offer 23 to get started. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 